Hello everyone and welcome to Fortress Survival Motivational Mornings. I record three to five of these short videos each week and I feature them on my Instagram channel at Fortress Survival and I also upload them onto the Fortress Survival YouTube channel which you can find in the show notes of this podcast. Each week I'll compile the audio versions of the videos and post them in between the regular bi-weekly podcasts, depending on the workload and other requirements. Please enjoy and let me know if there are other topics that you would like to hear. Hey everybody, Joel here. I promised you guys I would give you some more practical stuff. So here we go. We're going to do a little series. This may go a couple weeks, just depending on how many I can come up with. I have about six or eight right now. Um, I think I can come up with quite a few more. Um, if I get enough of them going, you know, 20 or so, um, which I don't think should be a problem, I'll, I'll start sprinkling them in throughout uh, what we're doing here. But I wanted to talk to you. Remember we talked about... Um, Maybe I did this over on the Protection Dog Podcast. Uh, I did a thing on um, being told versus learning, right? Learning something or knowing something versus being told something. And I said the way that you know something is that you do it. So I want to do a series of uh, little topics here on what can you do? What kind of things can you go and do um, so that you start knowing things rather than just being told them, right? And uh, so today... Wanted to talk to you about camping. Camping. Now, if you already do a lot of camping, um, what I want you to think about as we're going through some of these topics is you might know how to do all the things, but does your spouse, do your children, do your friends or people that are going to be a part of whatever is going on if you guys need to get together, right? And you need to be able to do these things. Okay, if you know how to do them during the day, can you set everything up at night without flashlights? Ooh. Okay, so here we go. Go camping. <clears throat> so here are the skills that you need uh, for camping. And then I'll, I'll, I'll put some modifications into some of these skills uh, that I encourage you to be able to do. So number one, you need to be able to make yourself a place to sleep. Okay, now... You, tents are the most common way that people like to sleep, right? And I think you should practice all of these ways. I don't think you should just go, oh, I'm going to do that one, right? I think you should practice all of these. So here are some options for sleeping. Tents. Tents are a good option for sleeping. They tend to keep the rain off of you. Um, and But you got to set them up, right? And they generally take a little bit of time to set up, a little bit of time to tear down. Uh, they're generally a little easier to see from a distance, even if you get the earth-toned ones. Uh, and they generally take a little bit larger space on the ground than just what it would require you to, to lay down and sleep, right? The other thing that you can learn to set up is cots. Not, I'm sorry, not cots, hammocks. I don't know where cots came from in my head. Hammocks. So using hammocks, right? Now hammocks require a little bit of setup too, but once you get good at it, you can generally set them up really fast because you basically just need trees. Now, if you live in a place without trees, hammocks probably are not a good idea for you. But most people live in places where there are trees, even if you live out in like Kansas, uh, where it's a lot of prairie land and things like that, there are still a lot of the cuts, I forget what they call them. Um, but there's all these cuts in the ground where the water flows, and in those spaces, there are trees. 
And so you can still potentially use those spaces to set up your hammocks, right? So hammocks are a good one. The nice thing about hammocks is they typically pack down a lot smaller, so they don't take up as much space. Um, and they're, they're quick. So they're still a setup, but you can set them up typically a lot quicker and take them down a lot quicker than you can a tent. And then the last one that I highly recommend you practice and, and get pretty decent at, um, mostly you, by getting decent at it, you learn how to sleep in this situation, is um, just essentially a bedroll. And, uh, and that's what I'll call it. I don't know what other people may call it, but in the army, when we would do a lot of 48, 72 hour operations, um, typically what you would carry is a sleeping mat, a poncho liner, and a poncho. So if you don't know what a poncho is, it's basically a big sheet of plastic or rubber. Uh, and then it's got a hole in it and uh, where you stick your head out and usually a little hood at that spot. But when you're using your poncho, uh, in this situation, you take, there's a little drawstring that you can cinch up the hood around your face. And uh, so, but if you cinch it up really tight, um, it is pretty decent at keeping the rain from coming through the, the head hole, right? And so what you do on a bedroll is uh, you take your poncho liner and you lay it down and then you have your poncho and, I, and you typically tuck this all the way around you, right? So I like to have the poncho uh, liner, which is kind of like a blanket, it has like a but it's fairly thin, but it's pretty decently warm. And you um, you lay that on top of your sleeping mat, so your mat's on the ground. You lay that on top of your sleeping mat so you're not laying directly on the foam, because foam can be uncomfortable to lay on. And then uh, you kind of wrap it around yourself as a blanket, so it's under and above you. And then your poncho, you tuck in under your feet, you tuck in all the way up on the sides, and then you tuck in over your head underneath your uh, sleeping mat, and so you cocoon yourself in there, right? Um, now in certain situations, in certain environments, if it's gonna snow or anything like that, that this can be dangerous. Uh, you can basically trap yourself in there and suffocate. Um, but in most environments, I've never used the bed roll uh, sleeping methodology in that environment. What I do in those environments is I use a bivy sack and a sleeping bag. So I just lay straight on the snow with a bivy sack and a sleeping bag, and you, you generally don't have that uh, problem at all. Um, but if you're using a bedroll with a mat on the ground, that's how you do it and it generally will keep you, um, you know, keeps you off the ground from being in direct contact with the ground, keeps the mosquitoes off you. If it's too hot, that can be a little uncomfortable. You can use a net uh, of some kind to keep the bugs off you a little bit, but then you typically are at the point where you're now needing some sticks of some kind to keep the net off your face and stuff like that. So bedrolls, hammocks, tents. Okay, and I'm already at my six minute mark, so we will go into more camping stuff in the next video. But you should be able to do these quickly and efficiently um, during daylight, and then once you can do that, you should be able to do them quickly and efficiently at nighttime without a flashlight. So first practice nighttime with a flashlight, then practice nighttime without a flashlight. And when you can do those things, um, then make sure your family can do those things. All right, stay safe, train hard. Hey guys, Joel here, and we're gonna continue on our theme of practical skills that you can know versus just being told how to do. And so I am telling you, but what I highly recommend you do is you take what you're being told and you go and practice it so that you can know that you know how to do it. So, wow, fire took a little longer than I thought it would, but now we're gonna back back up because we are on camping skills. 
So we started off on camping skills talking about your shelter, setting up your tents using hammocks and using bed rolls. Then we moved into doing the, um, the fire starting techniques. The next thing that you should practice and know how to do, and you can do this one while you're doing your various different versions of fires, is how do you cook? How do you cook things? Now, a lot of things that we eat when we camp don't need to be cooked. It's just a nice to do, nice to have kind of a thing. And that is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with being comfortable when you're camping. So um, you can practice doing this in various different ways. Number one is in my actual like sustainment kit, I have an XGK camp stove that I use. I have a, uh, a little cup, it's a titanium cup that fits my Nalgene bottles. So the Nalgene bottles slide very nicely into it. And then in my two pouches that I have um, on my backpack that my Nalgene bottles are in, I have one of those cups in each one. So when I don't need it, I can just half unzip and just pull the bottle out, put the bottle right back in. The, the cup that's in there holds the shape and the bottle inside the cup keeps it from being crushed um, if something heavy is thrown on top of my pack. So I'll have two of those. So those are my little pots that I cook in. Um, my Nalgene has the water that I might need to use. And then um, I have the stove. If you're not familiar with the XGK, uh, I highly recommend it. Um, it is a multi-fuel stove. Now they may make one that's not multi-fuel, so make sure you get the multi-fuel one, or at least that's my recommendation, get the multi-fuel one. The other multi-fuel stove that um, MSR makes is the Whisper Light. And, uh, but you have to get the Whisper Light International. If you do not get the Whisper Light International, it will only burn white gas. Now, I still like and prefer white gas over the other fuel sources, so that's what I use primarily. Some people call it Coleman gas because Coleman, you know, sells them in these like little metal cans. Um, but white gas is still the preferred method. But what happens on the multi fuel stoves is they tend to have a little, um, they have a little replacement. Uh, nozzles, the little sprayer nozzles, and you use the nozzle uh, that's needed for that fuel source, that fuel type that you're going to use, okay? And so you may have to switch it out. You can use diesel, you can use unleaded gasoline, you can use kerosene, you can use white gas. So you can use a bunch of different fuels in the XGK and the Whisper Light International. And um, so you, if you're going to do that, you need to have a little um, kind of a camp cook kit, which if I'm by myself, I just use those titanium uh, little um, bowls, little cups kind of things that I mentioned earlier. If you have a group that you're going to need to be cooking for, you probably want something a little more substantial. Uh, it's not necessary. You can just go, everybody bring your cups over here. We're going to one at a time up on the stove until you have your hot water. Normally, if you're doing that, you're just boiling water and then you're putting whatever into the boiling water right? Because it doesn't work really well for actually cooking an item. You, don't, you can't really control the heat source uh, very well on either of these two stoves. You can a little bit, you can play with it, but that takes a lot of practice. And, um, and so what you end up having is a really hot bottom and then uh, the rest doesn't get that hot. So if you're trying to actually cook an item in it, other than like a soup or something that's like a soupy kind of a stew, um, what ends up happening is the bottom tends to get burned and the top is still cold, right? So if you're going to do that, you're going to need to like mix it constantly as you're doing this. You're probably going to need to be like mixing, taking off and mixing, putting back on and mixing, taking off, putting back on to, to keep it from burning the stuff on the bottom. Uh, but it works really great for like freeze dried meals and things of that nature. So that's how I do that. Um, 
Other things that you might wanna do though is practice learning to cook over a um, campfire. So cooking over a campfire. Here's my recommendation if you're gonna cook over a campfire. Number one, start off learning to cook with cast iron over a campfire. So the two pieces of cast iron I really like to have in our camp kitchen. Uh, so what I use for my camp kitchen is I use a Pelican case, a 1620 Pelican case, but you can use just like a big bin, like a 27 or a 35 gallon, that ballpark 40 gallon um, bin. Uh, if you're gonna have one that big, camp kitchens tend to be a little bit heavy, so I get the ones with wheels, so you can roll them around. But I put like a big Coleman stove in there, uh, not the little XGKs, but like the big ones, the two to three burner Coleman stoves. Um, but I also will put my cast iron in there, and I like to have a cast iron frying pan with a lid, with the camp, um, what, what is it, the uh, Dutch oven type of lid on it. The one that has a lip on the edges that you can set stuff on the lid and it won't fall off. Uh, I have a Dutch oven. The difference between a Dutch oven and a cast iron pot is the Dutch oven has little legs. Sometimes they're three, sometimes they're four legs so that you can set them down and, and put coals underneath it, okay? And they, they also have the lid that you can set stuff on top of it. And then you want the, the couple of handling tools that you need for that. Things to be able to, to lift the lids off without burning yourself. Little hand grips that you can use to grab the, the pots themselves because cast iron, the whole thing heats up. There are no cool handles on cast iron. So get those two things. If you want to learn to cook over a campfire, get a good ash bed going, a good coal bed where it's glowing red, and then start looking up some recipes and start cooking things in your cast iron over a campfire. I hope you've enjoyed these motivational morning audio presentations. If there are topics that we have not yet covered that you would like to hear, or anything you would like to hear us expound upon, please reach out. You can email me at joel at fortresscanine.com, and you can also text me at 813-836-9244. I look forward to hearing your feedback.